Good evening, everybody. How are you, Sir Podprod? Good evening, listeners. I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Graham? I'm good. Well, there it is. Right away, said my name. Uh, oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. No worries. It's fine. Um, I wonder if it's evening when these people are listening to it, you know, because it's evening now when we're recording, but will it be evening when they listen to it? I don't know. You let us know. That's true. Based on our analytics, too. I don't know what time zone our listeners are from. All it says is United States. I don't know if that's East Coast, West Coast. Seems like we're um, Midwest. We're a Midwest crowd, you know. Yeah. So we might be. They might be an hour off from us, but yeah. uh, who knows? You know, that's, who knows? Yeah. Who, who really knows? Um, yeah. Cool beans, man. Have a good week. Everything going well so far? Yes, sir. It's Sweet. been a uh, soggy start to the week, to say the least. Yeah, it's not gonna get much better the next two days, by the way. <laughs> no, I saw that in the forecast. <laughs> Gotta I, uh, love it, eh? I went out and did grocery shopping this evening after work, and. Um, yeah, I mean, basically everyone was like, yeah, the world's over, we're all gonna... It was a long line in the grocery store to, to get through. It's so dark outside, too, today, man. Rainy, it was just... It wasn't, like, that cool, fun, warm rain that we were talking about. It was, like, shitty, <laughs> cold, hail rain. It's like, it could be snowing right now. I don't know why it isn't. It's yeah, definitely cold it's enough. It's cold enough, for sure. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, those, that's... Those aren't great. Yeah, thank you, Fall. So... As promised, Bod Prod and I have been hard at work the past week. Well, at least I know I've been hard at work for, well, probably not the whole week, but I've been hard at work for a couple of days on this. But <laughs> we realized um, just doing sort of like a top 10 or a top five album list is kind of, I don't know, gauche. It's been done before, you know, right? Like it's not really, it's not what we're about here at One Minute Minutia. One Minute Minutia, like, subscribe, notifications, all that stuff. Like, you got to get better at that, man. We really do. Um, hey, you've been hitting it though every episode it's it's, it's in there somewhere there. it's getting there yeah well it practice make perfect you know it's Talk it man practice. it's only the fifth episode like we gotta cut ourselves some slack here fifth episode eight million viewers like get off our case everyone yeah get out of here analytics i know we have a lot of listeners yeah thanks analytics i don't need the notifications <laughs> to my smartwatch yeah. <laughs> uh Podprod has a new smartwatch. And it, I have a new smartwatch. It's, that joke was I, really funny, but I really, him and I were going to be the only ones laughing at it. So. I was like, wow, I didn't find it that funny. I don't know why he's laughing so hard. Yeah, smartwatches, they've been around for forever. Everyone knows them. <laughs> yeah, the, they, they aren't new by any means. Um, so we realized it just wouldn't make sense to do like a top 10 albums list. So what we've done is we've kind of just, we do, I have a top two. I don't even know how I have a top two. I have a top one for sure, but I could probably give it a top two albums. How many do you think you could definitively say in order? As a, like a top? Yeah. In order. Yeah. Oh God. Do you not even have that? I don't have an order. I was going to give my none, top none of, three. None of, yeah. None of my albums have an order except okay. the two that I'm like. Definitively. Oh, that's what you're asking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How many can um, you do with that? I think I could do. Th- I, could, I think I could rank my three. Okay, I can only do two. I'm, I'm not. not sure I'm not guaranteeing my mind's not going to change tomorrow, but right. I'll give you a, a, a number three right now. Okay. Well, we'll wait. We'll save it. Well, we'll let, let's let's hold it back. Let's let's take a step back and do sort of what we were initially trying to talk about about albums at various points of our life and how they were sort of formative to us and why they were formative to us and sort of maybe like a little story or a little background as to why that album is important to you. And why it was important to you at that time. I love this. I'm excited. Me too, man. Like I just going over these, it's um 
yeah, it's been good. It's been good. It's been a good time. Yeah, so I guess I'll, I wouldn't be much of a host if I didn't throw it to you first, Bodprop. I'll let you kind of go with your first sort of formative album. Like, why is that? Why, why the album? Why, why that one? And, and, and sort of where were you in your life when you, when you were listening to that? All right, for sure. Um, so, I mean, the first album I have on here uh, was actually the first album I ever purchased when I was a kid. And uh, that was Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory album. Um, they were my favorite. I would say my first favorite band. Um, and that was the first album I bought at HMV. I still have memories. Uh, I, man, I must have been. I mean, that album came out in the year 2000 or 2001. So I don't even know how old I was then. But like. Well, we do know. Uh, I do I just can't do the quick math right now I'm just thinking back to this album but uh (laughs) no man I I still remember vividly like the memory of like walking into HMV cashing out and like just being so excited to go and listen to this album ripping the plastic off like like reading the the lyric booklet on the inside and going track by track do you remember how awesome like some bands used to put so much into that book like yeah like the story behind the album even as well too right like how cool was that stuff I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of miss that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I get why people go back to vinyl and stuff now because it's just kind of gives you something. It's like just the physicality of like listening to an album and having it in front of you. Um, I'm so, it's so lost. Absolutely. No doubt that the quality is way better. It is for sure. And, and I, I mean, we don't get that anymore. I mean, it's awesome having Spotify, whatever streaming service you use, but I'm title. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, for that that album for me, man, what, what led me to it is like in the early days of much music. I'm sure you everyone's heard the song Crawling. Um, but I remember that music video being on repeat and I like fell in love with the song. So I was like, I got to check out this album. And Do you remember I bought when, it. Like, sorry. Do you remember when like much music and MTV was music videos and not just, you know, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like stupid shit that it is now. I loved it, man. And they yeah. had all their different like. DJs. sub-genre shows and yeah, like i don't know was, anyway there's... sorry i interrupted you my apologies I no, no, did no. That again there yeah <laughs> no worries man um but yeah for me um that's definitely that was an easy one to make my list and the first one i kind of thought of just because i don't know man it was like i would say it was the first album or even band that i actually like fell in love with and made me like appreciate music even though i didn't necessarily know it at the time um like I knew I loved it. I just didn't know how like, wow, like this is, this is music, like, and just like digesting albums and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that one, that one's my first one. Fair. Very cool, man. Um, yeah. I was never a big Linkin Park fan to, to be honest. People hate them or love them. It's one it's, of those it's things. It's that rap rock thing, right? Like, they're, like that early. Yeah. Aught, it's like the rap rock that came in and everything like that. Right. Like it was just kind of, I don't know. I feel like in theory that should probably work a lot better, but it just never did. Cause like, that's really what rap is. It's just like the same four, four beats, but just kind of over or heavily produced and everything like that with lots of stuff layered in and everything like that. I feel like yep. it should work better than it does, but it just, I, for me, it never, never really took or did. It's funny you say that because any other attempt at like a rap rock crossover, like kid rock or, um, I don't know other bands that have tried it. I I cannot stand it. Like I find it the most cringeworthy cross 
Um, but for some reason, like well, they're the Lincoln original, Park, right? like they they were the first, right? They were the original. Yeah, they were definitely up there. I mean, uh, Kid Rock was kind of doing it around the same time, I guess. But he was also had a completely different sound. Like they, uh, Lincoln Park kind of had more of an electronic sound, and he was more they of were... like a rock, like a true rocky rap. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. They yeah. were, they were, they were. Um, if I had to say, they were better musicians. Yeah, like yeah. They were musicians, yeah. Kid Rock. You know, I think Kid Rock was just probably like the right guy at the right time and the right producer, right? Like, exactly. And that's nothing against yeah. Kid Rock or his career, right? Like, if Kid Rock wants to come on and hang out with us, like, he seems like a pretty fun guy, all things considered. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, like, Linkin Park seemed like, you know, these are just talented musicians that all had, like, kind of the same style. And we're very, like, or people like yourself are very fortunate that they got together and created that sound. Exactly. And it's going to be a niche crowd for sure, because I get it. I get why people don't like them. But uh, those two genres later on ended up being like like kind of like a metal and, and rap ended up being my two favorite genres so far in life. So I just f- look back on it now and find it funny. I'm like, maybe, you know, like after I listened to this band, I kind of went different ways in, in terms of genres. But like it kind of stayed true to, to what Linkin Park was at, at one point. You know what I mean? Very cool, man. So it's like sort of your formative yeah, that's, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I view it. It's very cool. Yeah, um, man. I'm you, really, I'm, yeah, no, I'm really undecided on, on where I want to start. I'm not going to start by sort of like the first albums or the first music I was listening to or anything like that. But I'll yep. talk about like the sort of first time I got introduced to like an album that could span genres and like sort of just like a talented musician making music in the seventies that was like clearly heavily influenced by cocaine, but also like heavily influenced by, you know, lots of different bands and and styles and everything like that. And sort of in that early seventies as music was starting to evolve. um, And it goes out to, so I, uh, this is around the time I started to play the drums. So a lot of people don't know that about me, but I do play, I dabble. I, uh, I, I bang the skins, as some would say. No one, but some would. Um, and I played competitive basketball. And do you remember a guy from high school named Adam Milko? Yes, I do. Awesome dude. Loved him. Played competitive basketball with him. I've known him for forever. The guy's like the sweetest, nicest, most talented kid you'll ever meet in the world. Anyway, so I started playing drums, and he was a really good guitar player at the time. And he started um, introducing me to like David Bowie and stuff like that like glam rock and everything like that. And the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars is just like, it just stands out to me as like, I was playing basketball. I had new, like I was kind of a loser when I was a kid, all things considered. Uh, so I had like friends and, you know, we could talk about music and you were starting to get older. You're like 12, 13. So you're a little bit older. You're a little bit more mature. You could start to form your own opinions and stuff like that. Yeah. And like the album from Suffragette City, which is like, just kind of like a poppy rock tune to Ziggy Stardust, which is, I'm not sure if you ever heard the song Ziggy Stardust. Uh, maybe to hear it. I don't know it by the track name, yeah. but. But it's just yeah. like weird and cool and glammy and rocky. It's just like, it's what David Bowie kind of, to me, if I could pick one song and just sort of encapsulate what David Bowie was. And then again, that sort of rock influence or that, that kind of weird influence that definitely kind of touched who I am and who I am still to this day, kind of an odd guy, right? Um, (laughs) Not David Bowie weird. But I just remember like hearing, there was a year in the 80s where all he drank was milk and ate bell peppers for a year. 
And again, oh it's God. like always disputed if that's a true story or not. But I just thought like the commitment to just well, to keep <laughs> that rumor alive. It's not even if that rumor is true, but the commitment to keep that rumor alive is insane, right? That is. I, I'm just thinking about that diet, like for a year. That's crazy. How do you not get sick of milk and bell peppers? There's a great old Simpson joke that I know John will laugh at when he listens to this about Homer eating bell peppers. I don't want to ruin it or anything like that because out of context, it makes no sense. But I know John right now listening to this podcast is laughing at that bell pepper bit and he'll text me about it. I'm willing to bet. <laughs> yeah, he'll throw that in the group for sure. <laughs> yeah, so the rise and fall of Ziggy Dar- Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. David Bowie, it's one of his earlier albums right in the 70s there. Just kind of weird. Him, him starting out on his career kind of summed up again who I kind of always deep down knew I was at 12, 13, 14 years old. Just sort of an odd guy that, you know, did what he did. That's cool, man. I that's 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 the cool thing about music is like being able to kind of like really feel and personalize the album. Um, I don't know, man, like, like what you just said, you're, you're comparing it to how you felt as yourself. And it's like almost like an extension of yourself, like the way that you listen to music and who you listen to. Um, I don't know, man. That's why music's so universal and so amazing. Right. And I love it. Like, cause you know what, man, we could get every single person to talk about how music has formed, like formulated who they are. And I think that's really cool. And I'm, I'm really glad that we, we are ended up doing this for sure. Just on a sidebar, have you ever met anyone who told you that they don't really like music? Yeah. Like, just flat out doesn't like music? I have had people tell me that before. Really? I don't know what to say to them at that point. I, I'm like, I'm just... Like, I'm, of oh. the th- I'm of the thought process that they probably, <laughs> like... Yeah, they don't go out and listen to albums, or they don't go to concerts. Because concerts, don't get me wrong, I love going to a concert, but a concert is a production, right? Like, it's not just a show up and you're, you're fun right like it's it's a production to go to a concert i just think that they don't really like everything around it and everything like that and, fair enough you know if they get into a car on a long car ride they are comfortable with the silence versus comfortable with the music I, but again if someone's if they're in a car i don't think they're going to be upset because someone's playing the radio lowly in the background that's kind of what right. my thought process is on them is that it's not so much that they don't really like it as they're just kind of indifferent to it which is fair i mean Different strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. Different strokes. Great pool hall, by the way. Grimsby. Yeah, great. Where, yeah. Where do we live? Where do we live? Yeah, that was a great pool hall. Um, anyways, on to your next. What are you going to talk about now? Okay. Um, I start so, yeah. Um, I don't know. As I'm going now, I think it's going to make sense kind of where I laid the foundation. I'm just going to – I'm going to go into my next album. Um and I'm, I'm just going to kind of work through the years here that I have as a progression. Um, I'm all over the place. Yeah, which is fine. It's just the way that I've laid this down, it's it's what makes sense right now. But again, with music, anything goes. So my next album, as we discussed in the last podcast, um, this may or may not fall within my top rankings. Um, it's going to be System of a Down's Toxicity album. <laughs> I don't know if you recall me talking about that on the last episode. But, I don't think uh, we were talking on the last episode. I think that was afterwards. You and I were talking about it. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, maybe this is news to uh, the listeners. Um, but yeah, that album for me, um, I would say had a bigger impact on me than, than Linkin Park uh, Hybrid Theory album. Um, because 
like you you had mentioned when you were 12 or 13, I think when I started listening to System of a Down was probably around that age too. Whereas Lincoln Park was probably, I was like nine or 10, maybe. No, 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 that doesn't make sense. You would have been about seven I was or eight. Yeah, I was younger. Um, but System of a Down toxicity is when you start forming your own opinions on things and da 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 da. So the album for me at that moment, uh, and I'd really discovered like more metal bands around that time is when I was listening to a lot of metal music, like older bands like Black Sabbath and Metallica. And then I f- discovered System of a Down again through much music. And it was the Chop Suey song in that music video. And I remember just being like, I remember hearing that song, man, and just being like absolutely mind blown. Like I've never, I've never heard anything like this before. It's such a beautiful like, written song. It is, and and the sound of it is so unique. And then um, I was like, I got, I got to listen to more of these guys. And then once I did, it was this album because it's the album Chop Suey was on. And I remember, man, like just absolutely playing the shit out of this album, like for, like over and over and over and over. And it carried on throughout my life too. It wasn't like, you know. I still listen to it today. So like, it's not like I listened to it back then, kind of like the Linkin Park album. That's it. It's done. But this album, like it always comes back to me and I always replay it and it still sounds good today. So I don't know. That may or may not be in my top three, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. When we were talking about it, like System of Down is a very interesting, like they're very interesting in how they did it. Cause like Toxicity was like raw metal. I, I always love when bands can blend, um, metal and like or like or i should say screaming and lyrics together i think that's so yeah. beautiful when you can sort of do it melodically i and, love that um, yeah just like toxicity system of a down that was like them at their rawest apex that was just like four guy uh was it five yeah it was five right because surge uh, was the singer surge darren was the guitarist they had but the, the bass no maybe it was only four four it was four yeah, guys was four. four guys yep um and like, so maybe it was just four guys that like had to get their sound or had to get their truth out, right? Whereas then they came along with Mesmerize and Hypnotize in 2005, like a, different albums released um, in the same year. And I think they had a lot of their same sound or same yep. energy, but it was very yep. clean. Like those two albums yeah. compared to Toxicity, like those are produced albums. That was like, that was a record producer saying, you guys have an awesome sound that angsty kids that have money are going to buy. Let's harness it. And that's because don't get me wrong. Record labels do this all the time. I think it's probably one of the better jobs of commercializing a unique sound. I that's really actually, genuinely do. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a great point. I think you nailed that one because it did. They both those albums definitely had a way more polished sound. Um, but you're right. It still stayed true to like what they used to do. And it wasn't like this thing where it's like, you know, your core fans are like, Oh my God, like they right. sold out. Like it's all radio hits. It's like, yeah. no, it's their sound. It just sounds more yeah. appealing to yeah. a larger crowd. You know what Which, I mean? And again, like, and that's the music industry has been trying to do that all the time. And that's why people get upset about things. Right. I think it's one of the better jobs I've ever seen, but that's, I, that's a good point. I also think it's telling that they haven't really produced anything since then. No, they just kind of boom done. Right. Other like, than those two songs they came out with like a month ago, but right. yeah, yeah, that's I, fifteen I, years. I, that's a fifteen-year gap. I think that's pretty telling that. Like again, we don't know. We're not friends with System of a Down, despite our best efforts. But if you want to hop on and chat and let <laughs> us know your guys. side, tell us about the Armenian genocide. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Like that's we could do a whole episode on that. Yeah, we could probably do like a series of episodes on that. Like that's <laughs> yeah. legitimately happening right now. I know. Um, but yeah, um, I had mesmerized when I was a kid. So I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's. A you had that album. Violent. I mean, like, how can you be say that you sell it when violent pornography is a song <laughs> on an album, right? Like, yeah. that, I, I gotta know, check yeah. this out. <laughs> um, that's cool, man. That's very very cool. I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Yep. Um, and I'm going to kind of step back to when I was a kid and like albums that were played for me by mostly my mother. Uh, Cause my dad really just likes old big band stuff, which is fine, but I, I don't really have too much of an affinity for it or anything like that. Um, the two albums my mom played and it's funny because I love these albums and I love these musicians but I hate the genre of music. Like to this day, it really upsets me, this genre of music. But these two musicians and these two albums were like it at its finest, I guess. If I had to listen to this genre of music, right? it would be these two albums. And that's Johnny Cash, Live at Folsom Prison, and Come On Over by Shania Twain. Wow, Shania Twain. Dude, when I was, when I was a baby, and then I guess when I up to a little bit older, because I do remember it a little bit playing in the car. But my mom said that the only thing that ever calmed me down when I was driving in the car and I was upset was Unplugged by Brian Adams, like the MTV Unplugged by Brian Adams, and yep. Come On Over by Shania Twain, both on tape. No way. Yeah, man. And if you go back and listen to Come On Over, it's like Michael Jackson's, it's like a Canadian country Michael Jackson's thriller. It's just hit after hit. Like <laughs> yeah. songs that you know today are on that album. Come On Over. What? Uh, that don't impress me much. Oh yeah, I know that song. Man, I feel like a woman. Like all. Of oh yeah, I know all those. I know right? all those. And you could sing and you could hum them. And if someone played them at a bar right now, and you were tipsy enough, you had a few too many blueberry beers, and someone said, "Let's go dance <laughs> to it," you absolutely would because it's just like a rocky, poppy country tune. It was Shania Twain, or the re- Taylor Swift could be Taylor Swift because of Shania Twain. Yeah, I mean, I've never really thought about that, but that's that's a great point. Are you are you referring to like that like poppy country right. like style? Like yeah, thing, okay. Because right? like Shania yeah, Twain I... when she started was just hardcore country, right? But then in this album, she just like hit after hit after hit, and it was country, but it certainly had pop elements and everything like that to it. Yeah, I I feel like for for a lot of genres to enter into that. Uh radio hit after hit after hit you kind of have to incorporate an element of pop into whatever genre you're you're in um that's a good point i i never thought of you know uh shania twain kind of paving the way for taylor swift and and all the success she's had and like i again i I, we're not music or i mean to some extent we're not record producers or or musicians or anything like that but to produce an album that has six hits that all chart on a billboard like that's that's no small feat. It's no, like why I'm like weirdly not. impressed with um, what's that band? Twenty One Pilots. I don't yeah. really like the band or anything like that. I don't either. I found them corny, but but they produce hit after hit. Like every song that comes out, you're like, damn, that's catchy. I'm gonna hum it for a day, and it's gonna go to number one. Yeah, it's so every true, song man. that comes out, right? Like, and it's to obviously, you know, there's musicians that are gonna listen to this probably. That'll say things like it's got to be about the art, and you know, if you're not making money, it's it's good and all that stuff, right? But there's got to be something to be said about being able to churn out a hit, like album after album or year after year. 
there's yeah, got, yeah. You, you like you can be the best bad band why not yeah it, it's definitely a recipe that i mean certain people kind of figure out and i don't know man they just like find that zone and they can just pump them out yeah and and yeah they're definitely one of those bands for sure um taylor swift too like yeah. like how many times she charting all the time right. drake drake even justin bieber all those huge like right. celebrities institutions, musicians. They're institutions yeah they're exactly they've almost moved away from just being like an artist and being like a well-known recognized like household brand in the music industry right a brand in the music industry exactly but yeah man come on over that don't impress me much that song is just terrific like brad pitt doesn't impress you shania twain come on it's brad fucking pitt and That's that bold. doesn't impress you impress you <laughs> and then Folsom prison blues i mean again i'm sure you've seen walk the line I, johnny cash was always played in our house and everything like that like those kind yep. of simple three chords picking and everything like that again not a huge country fan but he definitely had some like rock and blues elements kind of influencing that country brand and abandoned eh, that country brand and everything like that but yeah at yep. Folsom prison is him he's coming back he's at a low point the music industry has kind of passed him over and everything like that and he comes back and plays the same songs with the same backup band to a bunch of hardcore prisoners and it's full of life it's loud it's abrasive it's rude it's good it makes you feel it's it's the first album i listened to on vinyl my mom and dad still have it on vinyl, Ooh, okay yeah but it was yeah. just like and it was probably like in a not an original pressing but it was probably like pressed in the 70s when they purchased it right 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 yeah not like a, a remaster or reissue or no, something no it was like uh it was 30 years old when i was listening to it that's cool man yeah so yeah i those... i appreciate vinyls i think they're awesome yeah but if i again i can't stand country nowadays it's always like listen to this song i'm like all country songs are the same three and a half minutes they're talking about women pickup trucks in the summer and beer and then they're like, no, this one's different. And three and a half minutes later, you know, I've just heard the same song about women. I heard summer. beer. I heard and, woman. Yeah, <laughs> pickup trucks in summer. There you go. I will say I did take, I love Lauren. She's a good person. And I did take her once to a country concert for her birthday. Yeah. And that was an experience in and of itself. I'll, I'll say like, remember how last week I said watching a horror movie in the theater is better than watching a comedy in the theater. Yes. If I had to go to a concert and not enjoy the music, I would want it to be a country concert so I could watch idiot white people be idiots <laughs> it was insane it was the craziest thing i've ever seen people bumping grinding screaming jumping fighting spitting it was like savages. Wow. i'm like this is crazy <laughs> Twenty thousand people screaming in unison when they're completely silent and then the music starts and twenty thousand people in complete unison screaming i mean it's almost impressive however I mean, personally, I've never, I've never been to a, a country concert. I don't think. Um, don't go. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, but I have been to a concert where I didn't necessarily in, enjoy the music, so I do get what you're, what you're saying. Like the people watching aspect of it. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I, when I go to concerts, I don't know about you, but I don't like being. Um, at one point, I did when I was younger, but I don't like being like in, in yeah. the mix in the I crowd. I want to hang back and hear the music. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. We're the same. Um, I'm seating all the way. Which is another great thing because you can also, even if you are enjoying the music, you can look into the crowd and be like, "Oh my god, these people are 
just insane. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I guess talk, I'm going to talk about that at one point, uh, how being in the mix and like mosh pits and stuff like that are kind of, I'm kind of done with them. I oh, understood, so I understood why they existed and why people did it. Sure. Yeah. Like, I got it. And it, to me, it seems like a really cool fad, but something that we should definitely retire and people that still go to concerts and try to do it are like, cause you know what it is outside of a concert? It's assault. Like, <laughs> yeah. outside of a concert it's assault right that's one thing i never understood you see people in the mosh pit and they like you know someone might get clocked and then like all of them rushed like oh pick them up pick them up pick them up and then they so go back to kicking the shit out of yeah. yeah it's like what like what is this yeah so no to con no to country yes to come on over and at Folsom Pre- prison by johnny cash awesome off to so you, you kind of pairing those together just based on the fact that it's both kind of in that not that Johnny Cash was pop country at all. But it's it, because it's country and it's also like formative music that I listen to. Okay. Like music yep. I can listen that my parents are like, listen to this and being like, yeah. so again, I just have like warm feelings from listening to those albums kind of thing. For sure. Which also probably may have influenced what you went down the road later on to listen to and enjoy potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I guess for myself, the next time I, I'm going to list two in a row, um, two albums that are kind of in the same time period for me. But for this one, I think uh, I also mentioned with you. It's when I went through a phase in my life that was maybe a year, ah, a few years later after the, the metal phase. I started getting into screamo music naturally, which ended up turning into a full obsession with like, like, like death metal and black metal, which is another crazy part of my life. But before that, it was like emo and screamo music. So Nick used to have um, longer hair than I did, just for our- <laughs> yeah. Actually, this this would have been right when I cut my hair and I had a little, not an emo cut, but I had a little, uh, you know, like a a mid cut style. Um, but yeah, Silverstein, uh, discovering the waterfront is an album for me. Um, and and to be honest, I don't really go back and listen to this too much, other than recently I like went on a kick of listening. To all these old bands like Silverstein and Alexis on Fire that kind of fit in that genre. Alexis on but, Fire, man. Yeah, two yeah. two great Canadian bands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, man, that album's there for me. Um, I I don't want to get too into it like I did with the first two albums because I don't really think it's an album that was totally like it wasn't as um, formative for me in like like how influential it was in and what I listened to in music, but and uh, like how how they what they meant to me at the time but uh it's still a great album that um when i look back on and listen to it i can listen to it today and still appreciate it and it brings back good memories from that time um and yeah man um i just like like we discussed i just love the uh the screaming and the singing and like the melodic crossing of both of those things and i found they did a, a really really good job at doing that on this album so right. when it's done well um, it's it's nice it is a nice sound for sure yeah and it's not everyone's cup of tea but uh for me it was like at that time it was just something that i i couldn't stop listening to right on man yeah man right on so i'm gonna go then to probably around the same time that all of that those albums are coming out because correct me if i'm wrong discovering the waterfront was like 2005 right yeah you nailed it 
and like oh, i know my stuff don't you worry about it. <laughs> uh and i know Alexa on fire they were like 2003 and like they produced a bunch of albums kind of like right in a row right as they were starting i remember um yeah yeah they did and so this album came out for me right then and i remember like loving it and again uh, maybe a lot of the same reasons that i love david bowie because it was kind of weird and it didn't quite fit in anywhere so like that 2004 2005 everyone was trying to like put music into um genres right like with rap it was gangster rap and nothing really else until kanye came along and changed the game a little bit um, backpack rap backpack rap knapsack rap yeah um, and then yeah like rock music or more traditional music was kind of veering towards you know quote unquote emo music right like do you remember that being like a, a term and an insult emo yeah yeah i do <laughs> yeah right like it was just kind of your emo <laughs> yeah my chemical romance your emo right like, yeah my chemical romance follow right? boy are right. you like those bands right we're again fun story yeah. i've seen them both play live and they were like two of the rockiest rock bands I've ever seen in my life. Like they were insane. All that stuff that Fall Out Boy used to do in their music videos, like jumping around and everything like that. They did that on stage. And That's then impressive. when you think about that, right? Like think about just going out right now, playing a rock show and then like doing spins. while. like think about how good a shape you would have to be to do that. Right. Yeah. They'd be gassed, man. Yeah. And then like to still, even for the singer, that's like, to like be running around jumping around like that and still have the capacity to keep like belting i i don't get it at all so and then another tune off of that i'll get back to my album i promise but uh once i saw panic at the disco they opened for the number one spot on my list yeah and the lead singer did the exact same thing he jumped off of stages like he jumped off of stages did flips played piano played drums for a stretch and never stopped singing I'm like, dude, how are you doing this? Like, as I'm drinking my $14 tall boy, I'm like, how the hell are you doing this? <laughs> Anyways, one album that re- like stuck with me again, it was the first album that I purchased. Um, uh, probably like the first album I purchased for myself. Uh, Hot Fuzz by The Killers. Oh, okay, cool. That, that was, was your their, first album. That was their first, uh, that was like their first album as well, too. Again, it's another album where you could kind of go through and listen to all of the songs and just sort of sit back and be like you you know why they released the songs that they released as singles like somebody told me mr brightside um all these things that i have done everything like that like again all all, all great tunes but like you could go back and like listen to some of the deep cuts on that album and be like you could have released that as a single like oh that's a good song like that's a catchy song you could have released that as a single oh you okay like all the whole albums that way or just the whole album but like you know, of the 12 songs or whatever it was, you know, you listen to seven, eight songs and you're like, there was a P- there was mass radio appeal on a lot of these songs. Right, right, right. Yeah. What what year did that album come out? 2004. 2004. OK, because I remember back then and I feel like I'm just kind of listening to some of those songs that I know in my head right now. Like that album was ahead of its time back then, no, like the sound that they had, like That's I just saying. You listen to it now and it's like it doesn't it wouldn't sound like it's from 2004 right that's it dude that's a terrific point like it was absolutely ahead of its time with the sound and i think that's probably why oh i got made fun of a lot for a lot of reasons but like i remember getting made fun of because of that and it's like no they were good man i liked them like it, it was and then they didn't rest on their laurels their next album was like something completely different 
right like their right. next album was like um when you were young right like like it's almost like christian rock yeah like yeah. it wasn't but it's almost like got that kind of like heavy biblical like lots of angels and everything like that kind of flowing in the background or like uh backup vocals kind of coming into the background and everything like that yeah and again they've kind of just gone through they've had you know tech tech pop songs classic rock songs um it, it, it was just you're right it was ahead of its time it was a unique sound i just remember listening to it and again sort of being like this is weird and i like it and maybe that's just who i was right like it was just it was my first album it was weird i thought i was weird it just it stuck and and, and i liked the sounds that's awesome man i this, it's got staying powder you, you can hear you know three four of those songs from that album on the radio today I know what you mean. Do you ever get that when I'm just bring up your like you're like I know it was weird, but I liked it. I'm weird. Do you ever get that that feeling that you know when you like when you really like a certain song or an album, and um, you just know that you're like, I know I love this, but I don't feel comfortable playing it around other people because I know they won't like it. Um, not when not when I was that age. Absolutely. No, no, not. but like not. now, more so now, or like. Maybe not even now. Maybe more so in like high school or when we were a little bit younger, but not that yeah. age quite. Right. Um, oh, I was and, terrified. Like, I think yeah. always deep down, I was who I was. Right. Like, and I'm a pretty. I, I like me. But like, yeah, in high school, I tried to. I tried very hard to put up a different persona for sure. Yeah, I and think I, most people did. It's and I didn't like kinda, it, right? Like, because it's just kind of shitty. Whack. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, no way, it's no way to be. No way to be. We learned that though. Now we don't yeah. care. <laughs> but yeah so that that was hot fuzz for me and again like like i said it's got staying power right like you're people right now on this are humming mr brightside in their head uh, i'm not gonna lie when you when you brought them up yeah that's the first song that came to my head and i know that they have like what three four or five other big singles that they had off that album too yeah which i can also hum in my head right um but yeah man no they at that time man they were like they were they were big like they were the biggest like at, at one yeah. point i feel well it's because they were like again it's not a perfect comparison by any stretch but they came along when like rock music was rock music was the you know my chemical romances the lot, yeah like it was it was all kind of veering this one way right like there was no rock bands coming out in 2005 or very few rock rock bands coming out in 2005 right like yeah It'd almost be like the kind of rock, especially for us at that age, where it's like, no, like if you didn't like, you weren't necessarily a fan of the newer newer rock, you'd be like, oh, I like classic rock. And for us at our age, our classic rock would be like rock from the 70s and um, I guess 60s too. Uh, It's going back there, but it's just funny thinking back on like what different generations think like we call the 70s classic rock, but our parents were like, oh, that's... That, this is this is rock and roll. Yeah, this is like, that's what you rock, guys do. Yeah. I don't know what this is. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's it is funny. funny how like you just kind of stop listening to music at some point. You're like, nah, I've heard everything <laughs> I like. I, I don't really want to hear any more music. Yeah. Anyway, so Hot Fuzz was me. What what's your next? Okay, so um, this is where I mean, my first three albums were kind of in that uh, metal slash screamo category, but um, once I got to high school. Uh, Ah, maybe halfway through like grade 10 I started getting into rap music and that's all I listened to um and I can't tell you an album or a song that like 
Bam, that was the transition. But um, I think it was more of what I was getting into at the time. At the time, you know, like most of us, we started experimenting with uh, with weed in high school. Miles and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, again, I can't quite put a finger on it, but at that time, the rappers that were coming out, they had like it was a very like weed driven lifestyle um, with their music. It wasn't and... hateful rap. It was just like. Like, I said gangster rap in the early 2000s. It was all just like, fuck everyone, fuck chips, yeah. fuck this. And then, like, yes. Kanye West came along and was like, yo, let's, like, rap about... I'm feeling... gonna rap about my mom. <laughs> I, I want to rap about feeling good with my family or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, it was just so... Yeah. It turned it on its head, and it's just, like, it made rap a little bit more easy to digest because I get gangster rap. I understand it. I can appreciate it, right? Like, everyone likes Tupac. Everyone likes Biggie and stuff like that. But that just wasn't true to our upbringing right like no well, it, well i mean as white people who grew up in in suburbs it's like no we we don't relate to biggie i mean right. we listen to him because his music sounds awesome and it's right. you know it's it's cool but i know i know exactly what you're saying yeah. right it was like yeah and you know maybe we weren't exactly the perfect parallel to kanye west but like we were some of us were like lower middle class families right like we well, can that's appreciate that a little bit more yeah, like with someone like Kanye West, you can listen through an album, and I guarantee, like the average person, middle class, whatever, um, can find a song where you can listen to that, listen to the lyrics, and relate to at least like a verse in the song. You know right. what I mean? Right. It, you might have to spin it your your own way in your head, but you can relate to it. That's what music um, is, really. Yeah, exactly. Relating to the artists, and you know, that's how they make you feel things. Uh, but yeah, man. So. Um, for me, I mean, these two albums specifically from that from that time period. Uh, I mean, the the first rapper that was like a weed rapper that got me into it was Wiz Khalifa, but I never really had an album of his that I really liked. So um, from him, I discovered Mac Miller, and I remember I remember going to Taylor's uh, place back then, and uh, I was like, man, like Mac Miller released this mixtape. He's like, Mac Miller who's Mac Miller. I'm like, was you gotta it kids? It was kids. So this is, I have kids on my list. So, and I remember playing it for, like, I listened to it for the first time before I went to his house, like maybe an hour before I went over there. I'm like, you gotta listen to this, listen to this. And I remember we just sat there and listened to the whole thing. I was like, like, this album is incredible. And it just kind of like, because he was our age, like well, he's a year older than us. But at that time, it was just like what we were getting into, you know, with like weed and stuff and all the messages. And so it was just like a feel good, like, it was just just like, it was just like the goofy stuff that we were getting up to, you know? Exactly. Like, And I just think back now, it's like all that mattered in high school was having a good time. And that album to me was, was Mac a good time. doing that and like kind of like capturing that, you know, sonically and like an album in music. So for me, that, that album had to make my list. Like there's just way too many memories I have listening to that album. And uh, I don't know, those were some fun years. So that's What's your that's favorite why. song from Kids? Honestly, probably Nike's on my feet. Yeah, um, Nike's on my feet. Because that's kind of like a rappy rap song. Uh, yeah. Senior Skip Day is awesome too. Yeah. Um, I love watching the music video to that. I don't know, man, but honestly, front to back, like there's not a there's not a song that you skip on that album. Not for me, at least. But uh, probably between those two, those are two of the bigger ones on there too. But uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, no, that's yeah, a good man. one. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good. T- yeah, that's a good mixtape. Back yeah. when like mixtapes were such a big deal, right? 
Yeah, it was in the mixtape era. Yeah. It's like t- 2010 or whatever. 2012, it was. whatever it was, right? Yeah. yeah. Was oh, okay. And then the other album that kind of fits into that genre and the, and the lifestyle and the time is uh, uh, Currency and Harry Fraud. It was an album, Cigarette Boats. I won't get into that too much because it was only like a five-song EP. Um, but for me personally, I love short albums. Like anything, like I like it 30 to 45 minutes. If that. Anything, anything longer is is just excess to me but uh for that album too i mean i don't get into it too much but it was kind of just grouped in um in those years where i was really getting into to smoking weed and having a good time in high school and just chilling so i i just look at them as like feel good albums gin and sprite nick bonds drink a choice yeah those times those times yeah man that's really (laughs) cool yeah that takes me back those are those are some good times um okay then off of that I'll just push in. I, I'm going to have to go back around at some point, so it's going to get messy here. But off of that, then, you could go into Kanye West's discography. Um, yep. And I don't want to spend too, too much time going into Kanye West's discography. Um, but of those albums released, like College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation, 808 and Heartbreaks, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'm going to take Watch the Throne out because I think Watch the Throne is the better, like the best album that he's ever worked on or produced or anything like that. Right. But of those five albums, if you had to choose one, what would you choose? Me? Yeah. For me personally, hmm, I would probably pick my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Me too. And again, this might change tomorrow, but it was between that for me and late registration. Um, but I'm going to go with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, I don't know that that was the one album from Kanye that I just like, that was definitely my most like repeatable album. Um, to me, it was like, so the first three al- well, the first two albums are Kanye B finding himself and everything like that. So it's great. Yeah. Like, you know, his raps are probably a little simplistic, but his beats are unbelievable, undeniable, and it's a new style of music, right? It 2007 is. is graduation. It's him going up against 50 Cent. And then, like, that whole, remember that whole deal and, like, graduation blue, uh, whatever. It's like Get Richard I Tried. No, that was, that was before it was, like, the Carter or something like that. I That's Jay-Z, the Carter? Oh, you're right. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what that album oh, was. Oh, fuck the Carter. Uh, the Carter was uh, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. L- the, the Carter Three was like Lollipop and Amelia yeah. on there. Yeah. Anyways, but whatever album that was like Kanye West's style winning over gangster rap. It was like right. it was everyone like because they released on the same day and Graduation blew it out of the water. It was like the recognition that this style of rap is great and good and works. And then 808 and Heartbreaks is like a weird album. I love it though. He's going through a breakup with uh, what's her face then. Um, I forget. I remember her name. For, I forget Anyways, the name. But it's like a weird, really sad, introspective album. And then he has like his whole Taylor Swift meltdown thing, where he like goes on stage and everything like that, and like people like he's going crazy on the internet and everything like that, and people are really starting to be like, "Wow, this guy's like." We're, we're a bit fed up with Kanye West, right? Like South Park, the South Park guys make fun of him. Do you ever see that episode of Fish Sticks? No, I haven't. Basically, it's 
a couple of the boys create the world's funniest joke. Uh, do you like fish sticks? Yes. I do. What are you, what are you a gay fish? <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't like them anymore, but I used to. But like that's that's that the is- joke. That's yeah. the joke, right? But it's just the whole thing is Kanye West is the only person in the world that can't get the joke. <laughs> so like That's my awesome. beautiful dark twisted fantasy comes around and people are fed up with him and they don't want to listen to him anymore. But he produces this album that has like all the same rhythm and all the same soul and beats and everything like that as those first three albums with kind of a new, darker, more mature, polished version of 808 and Heartbreaks and everything that he went through. You know, like as the world started to, it's like him doing his style, being an asshole and apologizing for it all in one album. Pretty good way of putting that, actually. Like gorgeous, <laughs> man. Gorgeous is just like, like quite the, like that tune is just, I'm better than everyone. People make fun of me all the time, but I'm going to keep doing me. Yeah, man. I And kind of piggybacking off what you just said. That album to me of his is like his most like artistic. You know what right. I mean? Can like, we get much higher? Like so the high. not no no person like only he could have made that album. Like right. no one no one could ever get to that spot that he was in. To me, it's the sharpest his lyrics have ever been. Like it's it's his metaphors are tight. He rhymes well. There's coherent flow. It's not simplistic or anything like that. Other than run away, but Pusha T make like a the beat is killer. The piano track is haunting, and Pusha T comes in and just destroys it. Yeah, it's that's a that's a great song. Um, anyways, I don't again. I don't want to get too too much into Kanye West. And then there was like competing <clears throat> albums. I think it was like summer twenty twelve or summer twenty thirteen, and I can't decide which is better. So maybe you can shed some insight. Uh, but Good Kid, Mad City, and oh. uh, Born Sinner by J. Cole. <laughs> I'm so happy you said Born Sinner. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what? It, it is. Um, I wasn't going to pencil it in as a top three, but I was considering it, man. I'm so like, happy you said that. Good Kid, Mad City is obviously like we didn't grow up in. It, it, to me, it was like one of the first albums outside of like old school like 90s rap and even 90s rap was still a little it was still discovering itself and everything like that like stuff with nwa and everything like that good kid mad city was like shakespearean poetry about your life on the streets yeah it's yeah it's a fantastic album it was storytelling with unbelievably well-produced west coast beats yeah man it's so true to like where he came from um and like you said how he grew up and just his whole story and the way it's put together, man. Like, I don't know. To me, for me, like I, I view that as a classic, um, which I guess most people would. But uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. That J Cole Born Sinner album, like so I good. played that. I played that more than Good Kid, Mad City. Like, I think I, I did too. I, I really think I, I did too. And I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it was better put together and and all this and that. Um, Cause I, I do think good kid, mad city was incredible that way. But for, for me, born center, it was just like, I don't know, man, it had so much replay value. And, and that was in the time when, when J Cole, I, I personally think 
that was j cole's best album i agree um, people say yeah. forest hills drive it was born center uh, that's a great album too uh, very great very good album but yeah. born center for me man i've never i've never like enjoyed a catalog of j cole songs better than that album to me it was like it was like the system of a down thing he found his sound so he still had his sound he upped it polished it cleaned it created it so that it could be mass consumed and everything like that yep. and then we're a system of a down we're sort of like we don't want to compromise anymore let's jump out i feel like forest hills drive j cole like verted way too far back right where he's just like i'm making an album for me and it's a great yep. album and everything like that but if you just take a look from again a, a consumable album born center man like again you can listen to that from start to finish oh. I agree, man. It's incredible. And I think why it stuck out so much too. I don't know. Did you listen to his first album, uh, Sideline Story? Not before Born Sinner. Okay. So when that album came out, um, it was good. But it was like, again, going back to the whole polishing, like your sound thing. Um, like it was good, but it, like the album didn't have, it didn't have like that great of a flow. And like, even from track to track, like the message wasn't there. But then like, for me, Born Sinner was like, because everyone knew J. Cole was like talented, could be, it was a good rapper. But then like, I found that Born Sinner was this first album where it was like, boom, like, He's here. this is hit. This is me. This album is like thought out. It's put together well. Every song's amazing. Um, he just sounded matured and it was like, like J. Cole has arrived. And uh, I don't know, man. I like no other album from him had that impact on me. To write a song? on a commercially viable album about yeah. how your album was too commercially viable that you let Nas down and to kill it, to like totally crush it is like, Dude. that's like the most meta hit you could ever possibly make. Right. And then put out a remix with Nas on that song. That's insane to me. Right. Like, like it's putting just so, his perspective on the situation. Right. Like, like what? Right. Yeah. That's, that was like, to me at that point rap, like, and again, I'm, pretty uncool but like to me that was basically the last time i was listening to new rap yeah like, those no, two albums I, I think were like summer 2013 i listened yeah. to them both like straight for a year and then it yeah. was kind of like all right i man uh, that that time like tw i would say 2010 to 2013 2014 that was that was a great era uh, for for rap music like um, there were so many like awesome rappers coming who, who came out and that we kind of got to see like start and then get to their like Apex. big, huge, like we're here in the main stage now, like Kendrick and J Cole and, yeah. and all those guys, Mac Miller, like all those people. Um, but yeah, man, uh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy that you said that album. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. So back to so, you then. Yeah. Yeah. But just to, just to end on that, I, I choose born center, but what do you choose? That's such a think, hard question. I think Good Kid, Mad City is probably a more... More people are going to remember that album. I think it's probably a more important or a more like... I agree. I memorable agree. album or a more like, wow, this is like a perfect encapsulation of your life and everything like that. Whereas I just yeah. think Born City... And again, Good Kid, Mad City, you can listen to that whole thing and be like... Wow. Oh, it's yeah. All of these songs are really great. Like, not that they're really singles or anything like that, but these are just like all good songs and everything. Whereas, like, Born Sinner, you know, it's real, it's raw, but it's also polished and has that 
kind of like mass consumption or marketability, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, probably born sinner. I'll, I'll lean a little bit that way. I like that. I like that. Yeah, buddy. So what's next for That's, you? Um, this is actually a great segue now that you've brought up Kendrick Lamar. Um, <laughs> hint, hint. So for me, uh, I do have a Kendrick album in my list. It's not Good Kid, Mad City. It's Kendrick uh, Butterfly? No, actually. It's, uh, it was the, f- okay. It's very so, first? Yeah, sec- yeah well, okay. not not section eighty. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah. so he he released that in tw- uh, twenty eleven. It was like the album before Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. I-, I guess it was his album where everyone's like, "Oh my god, who's this Kendrick Lamar guy? Like, he's pretty good." And then like Good Kid, Mad City came out, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, like, he's very the really greatest." Good. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so for me, but again, section eighty was the the album I listened to most by Kendrick, and I remember hearing the first song by him that I ever heard was called high power and j cole actually uh made the beat for that song that's so cool um yeah but like that whole album man front to back again it was in that time period kind of with mac miller and stuff maybe a little after where i guess i started listening to more conscious rap again like because kendrick has like kendrick j cole those guys all have like deeper meanings to their songs than like a mac miller currency or was khalifa like just like they're like lifestyle weed rappers but um But yeah, Kendrick was the first album that once I had really gotten into rap again, it was like the first album I remember, or rapper, I should say, that I was like really analyzing and digging in to the lyrics and and, uh, his message and and all that stuff. Like he had something to say and I was like, oh my God. I just remember hearing him being like, man, this guy's guy's gotta be like, he's gonna, he's gotta be huge soon. You know what I mean? He has Um, so much, like he has so much to say kind of thing. Yeah. And it's all good and it's all important. And it, and it was it, it, like, cause a lot of people have like really crazy deep meanings, but they're not really like, they don't appeal to the large, like mass crowd of, of people. But I right. found that Kendrick, like he had that sound to him still. So, um, that album for me, man, it was like, I fell in love with him, uh, listening to that album. And it was for me, like, as the years went on with Kendrick, I kind of listened to him less and less. And I'm not, not from like a, like a hipster standpoint where I'm like, Oh, everyone listens to him. Not all listen to him anymore. It was nothing to do with that um because he put out incredible albums but i found this one to be the best uh really like good kid mad city and then after that i didn't care too much for for his albums i didn't listen to them as much like to pimp a butterfly and damn but uh yeah that album for me and then piggybacking off that my next album is uh absol i don't know if you listen to absol at all no he's he's part of kendrick's like tde clan um but I got into him basically after I listened to Kendrick. It was a similar situation. I was like, oh, my God. And I, I got to find out all these other guys that are, like, similar to this guy. So I, like, sure, found sure. out what record label he was. And then I found him. And he's also, like, even more conscious on another level. But, like, like this guy, man, he's one of those guys that you're, the lyrics, like, just fly over everyone's head. So you got to, like, actually research metaf- what this guy's. It's his metaphors kind of thing. He's right? so yeah. good that yeah. you're, like uh what and then you read into it you're like like how like he's like a poet man it makes he's incredible uh but yeah absol's control system album uh i'm kind of pairing the two together because they're around the same time for me awesome man that's very cool yeah unfortunately i can't add too too much to the absol conversation that's okay uh, that's okay um yeah man like we've talked about it. it was that period like 2010 to 2013 where it was all like we all were just like discovering new rap and everything like that. Right. And it just, I loved it. It was, it yeah. was fun times. 
So I'm going to veer off a little bit here. Should probably wrap this up, by the way. Eh? Um, yeah, we've been going for a while. It's been about an hour <laughs> now. Uh, yeah. So I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan or anything like that. Yep. But they released two albums there in the mid-90s that sort of made them their international band and everything like that. So they had Creep. Everyone knew Creep. Uh, story goes, Radiohead hates playing that song, which is hilarious. Um, but so they had The Bends in 1995. And that was like their big kind of, you know, introspective, guitar-y, lyrical. Okay, these guys are going to be the next British, um, you know, the next Smiths, the next... Um, What's that band? Uh, shit, The Cure. Like they're gonna be the like, cure. maybe like yeah. guys like that, really like, interesting. And then like they come out with OK Computer, which kind of like veers away from that completely. And to me, it, or, like, it, it reads at the time, and I'll tell a story about why I think that. It sort of foreshadowed a lot of like the 21st century and like mass consumerism and how it's a problem and like Big Brother and and sort of wealth inequality and just sort of you know, all the things that we think are shitty in the world today, there's like a lot of that foreshadowing and everything. Right. From that album is probably, it's like a top 10 song of mine. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say album, but it's a top 10 song. That was Karma Police as well too. So everyone knows Karma Police. But the song is Paranoid Android. Have you ever listened to Paranoid Android by Radiohead? I do recall listening to a few Radiohead songs, uh, but I'm again, not familiar with the track titles, but no I... If it's a more popular song of theirs, then I probably have heard it and would be able to. Carve out six and a half minutes. It's basically like four different songs in one song. It was their lead single. They're following up like their biggest band or their biggest album of all time with like this really hard to digest six and a half minute song that like started and stopped and rised and fall fell and everything like that. You, you equivalent it to like you know, like those old Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin songs that are just like seven and a half minutes long and they're like, there's like, like kind of had like a, like a, what's the genre? Like a, like progressive rock yeah, feel to it's it? A like prog not rock. like a it's, structured. It's a prog rock. That's the okay. best way to put it, right? Like there's a song in there for about two and a half minutes and then the rest of it is like weird guitar bridges and weird, uh, like drum breakdowns and stuff like that and like weird synth popping in and keyboards and stuff like that right like prog rock that would be the best way to put it that's cool and uh it's just like an all-time best favorite song for me and i remember because it like again the album released in 97 when we were still kids is foreshadowing like how terrible the 21st century would become and like mass consumerism and everything like that and i remember i was in charge or i was an assistant manager at a winery before i had my current job and everything like that and um I remember just fighting with them constantly. They wanted to just play like shitty generic, whatever music. And I'd be like, why don't we play something that like gives us an, a reputation or gives us like an edge, right? Like, cause you have to be so competitive in the wine industry, right? Like, why don't we do something that separates us? Cause like every single person is playing, build me up, buttercup. like every fucking winery is playing that, right? Like, why don't we yeah. play Radiohead? So it's just like a constant fight of me trying to put like, Radiohead tunes or Smashing Pumpkin tunes and stuff like that into the mix and everything like that. And again, yeah. it just kind of spoke to the sort of how terrible mass consumerism is, right? Like I watched the people at that winery just care more about money eventually than, which I guess is a business, right? But to me, there's always got to be a balance between the people that you're servicing and the service you're providing. Anyways, who influenced agree, a lot of Radiohead 
was one of my favorite bands of all time, the Pixies. Um, the only other person, That's right. it's funny I'd known that I've ever listened to the Pixies is Elliot from Australia. Oh, no shit. Yeah, we were playing <laughs> wiffle ball one day and I was talking about them. He's the only other person that's ever, ever could talk to me about them. I'm like, Elliot, go figure. <laughs> so, go figure. their first album, Surfer Rosa, was good. It was like their kind of underground, rocky, um, like alt rock, punk rocky kind of vibes and everything like that. And they went into their, sex, their next album, Doolittle, which is, again, a lot of that sort of system of a down, um, turned up it was taking a lot of their style but polishing it and making it easy for us to digest and everything like that right right which is like and again a lot of the song like there's songs about mutilation there's songs about purgatory there's songs about uh how the environment is burning and everything like that but they're all like really good guitar riffs and it's really clean it's really well put together and it's something that you can play on a radio and be like Oh, that was like a cool little song, right? I wonder what the meaning is. And it's like, oh, the meaning's got a lot more layers and it's a lot darker than you're absolutely thinking. And again, I think like the perfect example of Doolittle from that album, you know the song Here Comes Your Man? Yep. So that basically the guy wrote like I don't know, the lead singer wrote it and the studio was like, Yo, this is like the greatest song ever. You have to put it on the album. And he hate he's like, I don't really want to put it on the album. It's too like poppy and everything like that right but they're like you have to put it on the album and it became like what their signature song right and everything like that and again it was just sort of the perfect meddling of a studio of having kind of a clean polished radio sound but still having like a cool song with you know good backup vocals and a cool bass riff and everything like that right 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 yeah no so do little by uh by the pixies that's cool man I, I, I do appreciate that, and, you know, when bands, it's it's a underrated skill for them to be able to stay true to their sound, yet appeal to, you know, the mass crowd, yet still keep their core fans. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's cool. Not many can do that. Okay. Okay, I have two more points after, so I'll let you go again. I'm not sure how many you have left. You Are you close to ranking? I'm pretty close to ranking. Yeah, I have two other albums I could or could not. I, I'm not going to mention them. They're more recent, um, but they're not in my top three. So um, I guess feel free. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just skip to my top three. Uh, how about you mention those albums? I got one more section I want to do. Before okay. My top album. Yeah. Okay. So these are more recent, uh, kind of in tune with more with what I listen to now, um, which is uh, for me like I mean, Pete, like like I know yourself and a lot of people like you said, you stopped kind of caring or listening to rap since like 2013 or after that album by J. Cole. Um, and, and, and the sound changed a lot after that to, to a lot of people's like, well, this isn't even really rap music anymore. Um, you know, it, it shifted more to focus on the production and the beats. And then people started saying whatever they wanted to say over the beats. It was less about the message. And it was just like, yeah, if the beat, the beats were incredible, like they sounded like, crazy melodies but it left no room to actually have an artist um you know part really rap it. and, and part yeah onto it yeah 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 exactly so um but yeah for me the two albums are uh our futures dirty sprite 2 and young thugs beautiful thugger girls and for me um i mean again not everyone's cup of tea but uh 
I don't know, man. Like at first, I'm not gonna lie. I I when when I first listened to this style of music, which is like that kind of like, it's auto tuney. Um, it's singing. It's weird. Uh, the voices can be annoying to some. Um, but for me, like, and, and I felt that way at first when I first listened to this, this style of music. But then one day, I found a song I liked. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. And then after that, it was just like it like clicked in my mind what these what these artists were doing and i think i fell in love with with the melody more of anything because i'm not gonna lie to you i don't really listen to a whole lot of what they're saying i just like the flow that they're hitting and i like and i love the melodies that they're able to come up with um it's just the catchiness of it um and that's kind of the way that music went for a while um so so for me those two albums kind of formed into my my own personal taste now but again like i have i have so many different i'm happy because i have so many different uh styles that i like listening to like depending on the mood it's like i don't really want to listen to like some deep message right now i just want to like enjoy a good melody i'll listen to these style artists and then right. like if i'm feeling conscious then i'll be like no i'm gonna listen to j cole or kendrick lamar or people like that I'm like oh i want to go to the past i'm gonna listen to some metal that i used to listen to so that's kind of where i'm at right now with music and uh that, th- those are really kind of what helped me form this uh top 10 list if you will for sure so uh before you do your rankings i'm just going to kind of go through three bands that were kind of like again probably some of my favorite bands of all time but i couldn't really pick an album or anything like that um i'll talk a little bit about them and and sort of so blink 182 i think we all grew up loving blink 182 like enema of the state that's pretty close to a perfect album playing all the way through right like that that's pretty close to like you can listen to every song on that album all the way through yeah, it was, a, it was a great album. But I think their best album is actually Blink-182, the one from 2000 and th- or 2003. Oh, uh, with uh, Feeling This and... Feeling This and uh, Miss, Miss You. you. Uh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I had that album. That was always, a great album. right? Yeah. Like, that was the album where they still had, like... They were still kind of immature, but they were growing up. They, they clearly they had families and everything like that. Like feeling this, I remember reading the album booklet. Like feeling this is actually like it's a probably it's like a perfect written song. It's a, that's a great song. It's about um, so Mark and Tom both wrote lyrics about uh, like sex, and so like Tom wrote about like you know the lovey emotional side of it, and Mark wrote about like just the teenagers you know like 19 years old having sex and everything like that right but like it's just like perfectly it's just I, to me i think it's a very it's a very well written and it's a perfect song like that album there like there's so many tracks on that album that like you deep cut and you listen to them it's like oh man you guys have like expand you guys have all caught up to travis barker's level of being musicians because like they weren't super talented musicians right like travis barker did a lot of the heavy lifting on on those albums right he's incredible yeah but so like to me it was like oh wow they've like hit an apex of being really talented musicians but of course that was coinciding with obviously they started to hate the shit out of each other right so it's kind of like we've matured and as we've grown we've become better musicians but as we've matured we realize we don't like each other all that much so like that's <laughs> they broke up like right after that album right but i to me that was like that's their best album they hit it it was well produced. It still had a lot of that immaturity in it, but it was cleaner. It was more talentedly produced. It had deeper meanings and deeper messages for sure. I love that album too, man. That might be my favorite Blink One Eighty Two album. That's the only one that I ever owned. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I remember Taylor. Uh, I, well, even even Steph. She, I think she had she had Enema of the State. Um, hold on. What was uh was Enema of the State the one with the nurse on the cover? Yeah. Enema of the okay. State. Then take your pant, take off your pants take- and jack. Okay, she had those two albums, right. and I love those albums too. But I remember me and Taylor used to listen to those all the time, yeah. and then that—that's what got me into Blink One Eighty Two, yeah. amongst hearing them on much music. And then I bought Excellent. the self-titled album. Yeah. I loved it. Um, then I'm gonna go into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I could again pick and choose albums off of there. Um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is fantastic. Californication is great. Danny California or Stadium Arcadium, I should say, is fantastic. My favorite album. It was like sort of the perfect compilation perfect encapsulation of they finally don't hate each other they've all matured enough because like they had a lot of drama and everything like that you want a great read read scar tissue the lead singer's book it's a great read um but by the way had again one of my all-time favorite tunes can't stop but again it's just an album you can listen to it's clean it still has their essence and everything like that and you can listen to it from start to finish and feel like wow that was a that was a great album. It was like 48 minutes. It's like perfect length. That's a good like. I like you're that. Just like, it's, got a, it's got a Red Hot Chili Peppers energy to it. There's the whoops and all that stuff and everything, right? But it's still just rock. It's Chad Smith. It's 4-4 timing. It's not overproduced like some of their stuff has kind of become or anything like that. It was just, again, Californication was their comeback. By the way, was their victory lap. I like that. And then, fine. oh, sorry, Got a point or? Yeah, no, I was just going to say um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they were a band that I never really listened to a lot, but every time I hear them, I I like, like, I love listening to them. Um, but like, I, I, again, like that, that's another band that I think, um, to me at least, they're so unique. Um, and, you again, know, and, it's a very unique sound for sure. Yeah, but I, I love bands like that, man, because, you know, something that you can never, like, they're not you can tell they're not following a formula they're just they're just producing music in the way they are as individuals and yeah they're just like you can tell it comes from the soul really right yeah but it's also like no i hear you but it's also like digestible exactly yeah it's not too out there where it's like okay no one there's no there's no commercial appeal and then no one listens to it right like yeah that's got to be there and then finally again an album I, i just can't decide on which album i'd pick but queen again uh, Queen, I, I always wonder, we went through a phase there when we were in elementary school um, where we all like sang and listened to Queen a lot. I actually kind of wonder what our teachers thought of us. <laughs> think about it, but um, like I, I honestly, I, uh, I can't decide. I tried all week to come up with my favorite Queen album and I can't. I, I honest to God, cannot. It's too hard. <laughs> like all of them have five songs on them that are like Oh, that might be my favorite song, right? Like a lot of back I, and I forth. I genuinely can't decide my favorite Queen album, so I'm just gonna put Queen's discography at, at number two. Wow. Okay, I like that. Like ten. That's studio, a band's good. <laughs> ten studio album or fifteen studio albums, fifteen compilation albums, uh, ten live albums. They produced, uh, like a soundtrack for movies. Like, what haven't they done? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. That is a massive discography. <laughs> Again, they were weird. They were rocky, proggy, operatic, funky, pop. Like they were, they were it all. They never rested like, on their laurels. Like go listen to early Queen, and it's like almost Black Sabbath in, influenced 
Rock. Really? Yeah, man. And then, like, I Want to Break Free is, like, what? Operatic or Bohemian Rhapsody. Which, again, is, yeah. like, Paranoid Android is, like, Bohemian Rhapsody just for the modern consumerism age, right? I, I, I can't tell you my, how much I love Queen, and I could... I wish we were doing this more than an hour and 10 minutes in because I could talk about Queen for days. Talk about unique bands too, eh, man. Like, I don't, I don't think that you could even come close to putting them and boxing them into one genre. You hear a Queen song, you're like, that's Queen. Like, it's not like a, is that a this or a that? Right. No, it's, it's Queen. It's, it's like no one else is that out there, but right. can still pull it off. <laughs> right. But still makes it works and they look fabulous while doing it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so I'll let you do your rankings, and then I'm going to go into my number one because I do have a number one. Okay, so you're you're just going to list your number one. That's I. That's all I could come up with, man. Honestly, God, all I could. You know come what, up man? With. As I'm going to pivot, and I know I said I was going to do my top three, but as this has gone on, I don't know if I could accurately choose my two and three. I mean, for me, they're interchangeable, but I do have a number one. Hear it. My number one album is System of a Down's Toxicity album. And dude, it's it's the winner for me, which is which is funny because I wouldn't say it's my favorite genre of music anymore. Right. But um it's the one album on this entire list that has remained constant for me, literally from the time that I got into it. Um it just always comes back. I always listen to it. It has so much replay value for me. And when I listen to it nowadays, it's it's nostalgic, but yet it's not the only thing that brings me back to it. I, I, I go back to it because I want to listen to it. Um, but yeah, man, I actually listened to it today amongst, <laughs> the, past, amongst the past few days because uh, we were doing this list. But uh, yeah, even after I decided, I was like, I don't listen to this album again. But for me, it's it, it shaped a lot of, you know, uh, my early years and and like liking music and why I like music. Um, and for that, it's, I don't know, man, it's one that I'll never forget. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm a fan. I, I never got as heavy into them or anything like that, but yeah, no, I, I can see why that would be someone that I enjoy spending time with favorite album of all time. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm going to go, very drastically different genre um but my favorite album of all time and there's a lot of back and forth on this amongst diehard fans um of this band of which is their best album their first or their second i'm in the mindset that their first album's the best um but uh weezer's the blue album i had a feeling you're gonna say that yeah man it's I was like, hold on, he hasn't brought them up yet, and I know that you love them. <laughs> yeah, they, they're probably my favorite band. Um, yeah. Panic at the Disco was who opened for them when I saw them. I've seen them with Taylor before, actually, um, which is, again, it brings me back to moshing. People were trying to mosh at that concert. And I was oh, like, my God. Weezer? Like, <laughs> Dude, I can't, like, whenever, I, yeah, it's, you see mosh at certain shows, you're like, what? Yeah. how you know like, that they're making fun of you right now in their heads right like why are they moshing to our music but the blue album like eight songs on that album could be the lead single but they're not like you could everyone knows buddy holly like right again right now I, there wasn't a person at that show i was at with taylor 
because it was standing room only there wasn't a person at that show that wasn't bouncing around singing like that didn't know the whole words and weren't belting out or anything like that and you start looking into like songs that got some radio play but are like surf wax america in the garage my name's Jonas. Like the list goes. My name on. is Jonas. The list goes on and on and on about how great that album is and how just it was like it was them. It was it wasn't anything super new or anything like that, right? Like you'd heard alt pop rock before. It came out at a time when like all the grunge was still happening and grunge was sort of in. So again, it was like a little bit of a reprieve from that. But it was weird. They know that they're weird and everything like that. Um, and I think that's what their roots are. It's just kind of weird, ironic, pop, punky kind of music. Pinkerton, their second album, got a little bit darker. Um, obviously, they were going through some stuff, which I can appreciate, you know, that they changed because they were going through stuff and they never rested on their laurels. But it's kind of telling that um, my favorite album is the Blue Album, my second favorite album of all time by them. They released an album in 2013 called Everything Will Be All Right in the End. And it's basically like, so they've been producing music from 1994 to 2013. Every, you know, three, four, five years, or two to five years, they would release an album. And it always sounded different. It was always something new and everything like that. And then finally in 2013, they just wrote an album that basically said, shit, let's just make a newer rockier version of the blue album because that's apparently what that's people, awesome that's apparently what people want to hear right and they did it and i loved it and I, like I, I encourage everyone to listen to the song ain't got nobody it's the first song from the album it's like the coolest rockiest tune in the world if you ever felt alone when you were a high school student it's just kind of like <laughs> that should be your anthem for <laughs> for that right and then they made yeah. that album and i loved it and it was perfect and it made me think of the blue album and then all of a sudden they produced an album like two years later that was completely different and you're that's like cool. that's so cool man like that is cool man because it's almost like a salute to like oh this is what our core fans want so yeah. you're, like you're gonna have it we're getting it back on our own track <laughs> like that's the song uh back to the shack you know the song back to the shack i think so you'd probably know you probably know what to hear it got some, yeah but that was basically yeah. them just being like nah fuck it let's just like we're sorry guys we're back back to basics and everything like that they just produced an album it's awesome it's not just like a rehashed blue album they're clearly trying it's like good it's got flow and everything like that um and then they're like nah we're cool we're gonna go back and make it more ironic albums that are different but yeah that's badass Weezer's is probably my favorite band with the blue album just standing out as a notch above the song that i think about most with weezer is the uh the hash pipe song that's like uh again the much music i i keep thinking yeah. back to that but watch that music video it's the like, sumo wrestlers yeah man i yeah. love that like i and i love that song too and that was a song like back in my drumming days like and again weezer because it wasn't like super and i don't mean this as an insult it wasn't like super hardcore technical music or anything like that it was music that you could learn the beats to and then just have a lot of fun playing so like you know, yeah. people could learn the chords and the bass riffs and everything like that and i could learn the drums and me and my friends could just play and have fun you could jam it out just jam it, it was a relatable experience right right that's a, that's awesome yeah man well that's probably so much for one minute eh? um you know what i i knew this is gonna be our longest one yet i knew it it had the substance anyways I, that was awesome dude i can't wait to listen back to this one yeah that was fun man i i totally forgot we were uh 
<laughs> recording a podcast to be honest just talking about music man it's something we could do but anyways i hope yeah. everyone out there that's listening just really enjoys um hearing about you know the music that formed us and you know all of the wonderful people that have been listening to us you know those are the albums that got us here i expect to get ridiculed mercilessly for a couple of them. yeah <laughs> me too me too that's, but, that's uh, the thing with music you always get ridiculed no one no one shares the same opinion but i'm excited nonetheless sir Bodron, this was a lot of fun pre- er, uh, recording with you you too gmac pleasure as always we'll come back next week with some more of this or that and some one hitters and some stuff off like that okay guys yep like subscribe bell notifications blah. hit all that pew, pew, pew. peace peace